Mother's Voice Podcast. The Mother's Voice Podcast. Tales of motherhood from around the world. Hello and welcome to the Mother's Voice Podcast. My name's Marion Duggan and this podcast is a collection of interviews with a number of different women about their experience of early motherhood and in particular the role that lullabies played in the early years of caring for their infants. This week's interview is with Lucy Bradridge. Lucy talks about coming to motherhood later in life after going through the process of IVF and how in the early months she was tested in ways she hadn't expected. All of these interviews have been edited from a longer conversation into short weekly episodes of about five minutes in length. For more information about the Mother's Voice project, please visit murmurationarts.co.uk or follow the link in the show notes. Thank you for your time and I hope you enjoy listening to these interviews as much as I enjoyed recording them. Episode 6, Lucy Bradridge. Hello, I'm Lucy and I am 47. Because I came late to motherhood, it happened when I was a bit older, I'd seen quite a lot of people go through it. And that was really helpful to kind of show me it was going to be quite hard. We did IVF to get Bonnie because getting her was so bloody difficult that when she arrived, I didn't really care so much about the hard work and if I just popped her out naturally I think I would have been a bit more pissed off. <laughs> it is very surprising in lots of ways. It's tested me in ways I, I wasn't quite prepared for and I don't think anyone can prepare for it and that's what everyone says so you, you can't, you've just got to put your best foot forward every day. I mean, we've sung to Bonnie quite a lot. I f it felt very right um, immediately. It was a very sort of natural, soothing thing to do. Uh, the song that I ended up singing to her, which is, is her sort of special sleepy time song, is a song that I learned when I was in a choir when I was younger. So Blow the Wind Southerly is a song that I learned then and it came back into my life when I had Bonnie and became the song that I sat, I sing to her to try and get her off to sleep and when she was little I probably sang it you know five or six times over in a kind of mesmeric rocking just trying to <laughs> send her off to sleep slowly. Love the winds are the calls it mommy will you rock me and I just have to like rub her back and sing some of that song to her. <laughs> the reality of the beginning is so coupled with you not getting any sleep. No one unless you're a real party animal understands what you know day after day of not getting sleep is really. That can be a bit of a revelation the sort of depth of tiredness and how that 
debilitates lots of other aspects of your day-to-day but then you know nature is clever because at the moment you've gone several months of no sleep the baby starts smiling or it sort of just manages to do something new and then you just enter a new phase and you're kind of lifted by the amazing wonder. (laughs) We had five nights in hospital, which was pretty horrific. So when we came back to our house, it really didn't matter. You know, she could have been sleeping in a box. It wouldn't have mattered. But she, she was in our room and she was beside me in a little Moses basket and that's where she was swaddled and put in there every night. Yeah, it felt really good actually. It was a it was a Moses basket that I'd inherited, so it was getting a good lot of wear. And then a few months later she got a bit too big for that, so we bought a very small cot that we had in our bedroom and then at about six months we moved her to her own little room. Once we were home, the nights for us were, like most people, quite complicated. Our baby, or lots of babies, tend to do a lot of cluster feeding, they call it, in the evening. Before you go to bed, they've been feeding pretty much non-stop. And that all is trying to get them ready to do a few hours on their own. As soon as Bonnie was, had had her feed, I would have to go on the machine which was hired from a hospital, a kind of industrial cow pumping system, (laughs) which both my boobs were attached to. And I would have to express for 15 minutes after each feed, whatever was going on, because my milk hadn't come in enough and we were combination feeding her and I wanted to exclusively breastfeed her. And to do that, you have to try and encourage your boobs to produce more by artificially expressing. So it, it wasn't particularly kind of calm and restful. Like there was stuff that had to happen. And then she had this wail that her, her big brother gave her that plays the sound of the waves crashing on the shore. And she she did really like that. So we always used to put that on and a very dim light. And then you've basically got a few hours before you, it all starts again. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a very sort of blissful, loved up, relaxing time. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you've got after like three or four years of trying to have a baby and spending lots of money and lots of heartache on it not working you've got a healthy essentially healthy baby in your arms so you you will do anything you have to do to kind of make that all okay yeah you can't beat when your child comes up to you and cuddles you and says I love you it's like blows your mind This podcast was funded by Heritage Lottery Fund and Arts Council England and was produced by the Academic Podcast Agency.